On today's show, the Milwaukee Bucks Summer League campaign is underway, and yes, they are, of course, undefeated after a big win over the Denver Nuggets. A big second half led by Marjan Bochep, which is reason for optimism. He was sensational after halftime. There are also uh, some decent moments from Andre Jackson Jr. Nico Mannion was on fire as well, so we've got plenty of things uh, to discuss from the Summer League opener in Vegas. But as we mentioned, the Bucks got off to a win. Uh, let's talk about it. Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win Hear me on this show Monday to Friday and sometimes on the weekend when it comes to Summer League and also find my work over at ESPN alongside me, the founder of brewhoop.com and longtime voice of the podcast, Frank Madden, for today's episode that is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on today to get started. And as always, we thank you for joining us and listening and watching wherever you are during the week or on the weekends when we do a little bonus podcast, and we appreciate the support. Drop your comments and thoughts from today's Summer League opener. And if you're a Marjan Bochamp optimist, you went on a bit of a roller coaster ride, but it came home strong, and you're probably feeling pretty good about what you saw against the Denver Nuggets tonight. So drop a comment, a like, subscribe, follow, rate, and review the show. We appreciate it. It's free to do, and it helps us. And yeah, we can laugh about it a little bit, Frank, because it's summer league and this is exactly what happens and you're going to have some probably pretty horrific moments and then hopefully, and not always, but hopefully you get some uh, glimmers of positivity and excitement that you can walk away from. And I sent this in our DM. I said halfway through the third quarter, the Bucks were down by double digits and I was just really, really depressed about watching summer league basketball at that point because there weren't too many positives. Yeah, Bochamp wasn't playing well. You didn't see a lot from the draftees at that point in time. And then a 16-2 to run, and they carry it on through the fourth quarter and pick up a win. And you really did see little bits and pieces from all the guys that you wanted to, but specifically Marjan Bochamp, because he did start very rough. There were some bricks. He didn't look like he was totally engaged at the start, uh, but once it uh, came out after halftime, he was awesome and ends up putting together a pretty nice line. And the efficiency looks fine because he was two for nine at halftime. Yeah, it's funny to look back on last year, right? I think the thing that struck me most thinking about his performance last year was it, it almost seemed like they wanted him in a complimentary role last year. Mm-hmm. You know, and we kind of speculated, like, maybe that's just because they want him to get used to, like, the role that he'll actually have, like, if he plays actual NBA basketball in his rookie year. Um, and I think what we saw was, you know, him standing around in the corner a lot, um, him taking some dribble handoffs, um, you know, really struggling whenever he was dro- drove to the basket last year, it felt like he just didn't have like the strength and ball handling. Like it just seemed like he would get stripped. Um, and you still had his moments. I think the three point shooting last year was like kind of what salvaged his, uh, his summer league, which is weird because that was kind of the big question. Felt like he did a lot of other stuff offensively, like garbage man transition, all this other stuff. 
Um, but the question was, would he be able to shoot? And he actually shot, you know, well in summer league, but kind of was like, mm, you know, like didn't, didn't really pop like athletically didn't really pop um, the way that, that maybe we, we would have liked. And so obviously coming into the second, second year, I mean, looking back last year, obviously he has the flashes during the regular season. Um, I think kind of, we didn't really ever talk about it much, but I mean, you look at his like G league stats, like he didn't really like, I mean, he put up, you know, I think he averaged like 19 points a game, but like, you know, didn't shoot the ball particularly well in, in Wisconsin uh, with the herd. Um, you know, didn't look like, okay, this is, you know, a first round pick who's better than, than being in the G league or anything like that. So I think, you know, this summer, again, we never want to, you know, we always the caveat, right? Like don't make too, too much of, of summer league, like, you know, for better or worse. Right. If, if guys are like awful, then like, okay, that's, that's not a good sign, <laughs> but right. you, know, you got to kind of calibrate, right. It's, it's just summer league, whatever it is, it's a chance to kind of work on things. So, I mean, I think I, for me, like coming, I was like, I wanted him to, to be more aggressive. Right. And, and we saw, I mean, even in the regular season for the Bucks, like felt like Bud and the coaching staff really like coached him up be like, look for your shot. Like, don't be afraid. I mean, he averaged almost eight three pointers per 36, which is a lot. Um, he wasn't bashful, but I think over the course of the season and the regular season, we saw him like get a little more comfortable attacking the basket. And I think, you know, last year, summer league, he started really slowly in most games this year, super slow start, you know, bricks thrown off the backboard, um, some ugly stuff. So I think he started like what one for seven or something like that. So to kind of like settle down and for the rest of the game, especially after halftime, begin to look much more like the sophomore, you know, more comfortable guy that like knows what he can do can get to his spots. Um, you know, I think showed a better balance of, you know, didn't, didn't really rely on the three point shot. I mean, the three point shot really wasn't there for him tonight and, and kind of scored in spite of that, um, you know, two for seven hit, hit a late one to kind of, kind of put the game away. Um, but seven for 11 on two pointers, which, you know, again, the three point shooting, like there's gonna be some variance there, but I think that was, you know, encouraging actually the fact that he got up a good number of twos and he, shot a very good percentage three for five from the line. Um, and, you know, looking at the stats as well, I think we know over his turnover, I think three turnovers, you know, only two assists. Right. But um, a plus 15 overall in, in 32 minutes. So I, I think again, like he, he didn't quite, you know, he's, I, I don't think he's like at too good for summer league level, um, but shaking off that rough start, looking much, much, much better in the second half, um, looking much more comfortable putting the ball on the floor, attacking and not just being a spot up guy. You know, I think those are the kinds of things you wanted to see from Marge on here in his in his second summer league. And again, you know, to me, it's like you don't you don't win rotation minutes in summer league or anything like that. Right. But I think it's all about like building confidence, building, you know, skills, putting getting some reps in game action and then being able to translate that then to training camp in the fall. Right. And for I think for Marjan, that's that's the key. You know, again, we, we've talked about it. Like, look at this roster like there there is no like big physical wing stopper um, to defend like big, small forwards on this roster right now. Like Wes Matthews hasn't been signed barring changes. The roster like probably won't be signed. Um, you know, I, I hope as a West stand that he'll kind of just hang out and then maybe there'll be a, a lopsided trade and the buck can bring him in at a later date. But, um, but that, that to me, that's an obvious question. We'll talk about Andre Jackson here in a moment too. Like some of these young guys, Chris Livingston, um, hard, to, hard to say like, oh, like we're going to find the guy that's going to defend Jason Tatum uh, in summer league as a, as a rookie or even a second year guy. But again, like there, there's a role to be had here as far as just like a regular season guy that can eat up minutes as, you know, a, a, a strong wing defender. And, um, you know, the more guys between Marjan, Andre Jackson, the more guys that can like 
least kind of sort of start to look the part would be nice. Um, so I think for Marjan though, I think the offensive game in particular, obviously taking a, a big step forward from what we saw a year ago. And um, yeah, um, hopefully he'll just continue to do this game in and game out here during summer league. And he'll have a quick turnaround here to Saturday night. Hopefully he'll be able to do it again. And more of the second half stuff, you know, less of the first half stuff, more of the second half stuff. Yeah, and it might have been, and he certainly referenced this in an on-court interview after the game saying that, yeah, you know, we, we haven't played together. And I know it's the same with every team and there can be some scrappy stuff in summer league. But to your point about last year, when we were discussing, I, I remember, as you mentioned that, about the fact that he was playing off the ball a lot. And I think naturally, if you're a fan, you want him to have the ball in his hands because you want to you want to see him take over and see what he can do. But to start the game, it was mostly Nico Mannion and it was actually Andre Jackson Jr. who felt like he had the ball in his hands more than Bochamp. And then maybe there was just an over-eagerness to, to fire up some of those shots and they were just bad shots. And he got blocked there once as well. So it was a tough start, but he looked more assertive in the second half. Defensively, he was disruptive, was able to come up with a couple of steals. And then I think overall in transition, yeah, that's where he's going to be at his best. And And... When I podcasted with Justin yesterday, we referenced a three-point shot, and he was two for seven. And I kind of said, I don't really care. Like, if he has nights where he hits four, he's four for five from three, I'll say, okay, but we've seen that. We actually saw that at the NBA level. The one thing I really want to see is him be physical, get to the free throw line, and be able to finish through contact. He had a couple of and ones tonight, which were nice finishes. I don't know if we saw that last year. I don't think that we did. And I just had a look as you were talking. And and I know it's difficult at the NBA level because a lot of the times he was kind of camped in the corner there, but only 1.9 free throw attempts per 36. So he had the five tonight and obviously he finished a couple of those. So it would have been more. So I think his ability to draw contact and actually look like a physical player uh, makes you feel pretty good. Uh, if you're a Bucks fan so for potentially uh, some development there as well. So it was nice to see him play well in the second half, because I think, I don't know how you feel about this, Frank, but sometimes he does look like he can get down on himself that's how I see it anyway. So he looked like he was a little bit frustrated in the first half and then maybe pushing a little bit. I don't know. He does seem like a, an emotional guy that way. Yeah. And, and I think you see it sometimes. Like I just felt like after the all-star break last year, like when he did get into games, it was typically not obviously in, you know, real leverage parts of the game. A lot of it was garbage time. It it just kind of felt like there was like a level of resignation to his game. Like kind of just like, okay, like the coaches want me to shoot. So like kind of, putting them up, but not necessarily always playing with like, <laughs> like a ton of conviction. Yeah. Um, and again, like a rookie season's a long season. Like you yeah. kind of knew, I think at that point, like the books at full health, like there, there wasn't minutes for him. Right. Which really wasn't his fall. And, you know, I, I don't, again, like we've had some discussions around like, you know, should Bud have played him more or less? When did, when did he have opportunities when he didn't? Um, but like once Chris Middleton and Joe Ingles were healthy and, you know, Pat Connaughton was healthy and, there's a lot of guys on, on that roster. Wes Matthews was, you know, healthy and, and started to play. And obviously like when you're trying to win games and, you know, they were, they were gunning for the, for the number one seed and they got it. Um, you know, what, that's not obviously, that's a hard time to be kind of just throwing a rookie in there ahead of those guys that have, you know, those guys earned opportunities. Right. Um, and so I, I, you know, again, this is a kind of, I feel like an old man saying like, Oh, well, rookies got to earn their minutes, but <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't feel too bad about it because I don't think there was like probably some, I, th- I think I saw enough from Marjan to think like, I don't think there was some scenario where he was going to like get a bunch of minutes in the second half and suddenly be like a playoff contributor. And like the answer, it felt like he was an off season away. 
Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't think, you know, there was some version of the world where he becomes the guy that defends, you know, Jimmy Butler <laughs> the first round of the playoffs and, you know, is the solution to that or whatever. So, um, you know, again, so it's a process. Nobody likes to hear that. But, uh, but I think coming to year two now, I mean, we've talked about this the idea of, you know, it's, it's, again, year two, year three at the latest, like you gotta, you gotta show something, right. And you really got to make kind of big strides. And again, he's the guy I think of, of the young guys in the roster. I mean, I view it as like a portfolio. Like, I don't know who necessarily is going to pop from this group, but they need a guy to, again, it still feels like, a, especially for the rookies, right. To say that you're going to get a top eight playoff rotation guy from a second rounder is, is a pretty tall order, but with Marjan, I mean, he's a former first round pick. It's year two, right? Um, you would hope that by springtime that he would be legitimately challenging for a, a top eight rotation spot. And, you know, we'll see if he's ready to be a consistent playoff performer, but I hope we're not, you know, sitting in the playoffs and him not playing and everybody feeling like, yeah, he's just, yeah, he's just not ready. Right. Cause at some point you gotta, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta be able to play. And you know, he's, he's turning 23 relatively soon. So it's not like he's the youngest guy. He's had kind of a weird development arc with, with COVID and everything like that. But, um, you know, I think his time, maybe his time isn't to say his time is now is, is maybe overstating it a little bit, but definitely there's an opportunity here. And so hopefully he sees it here in Vegas and he keeps it going into training camp and, you know, we'll see, we'll see what happens thereafter. Right. It may require injuries and things like that. But, um, but again, feels like at some point he's getting an opportunity. It would be genuinely, and I try to be optimistic anyway, but it would be genuinely exciting a little bit though. Cause you talk about the, the strange preparation that he had sort of leading into being drafted. And it's probably why, Ultimately, he was a pick 24, but I know there were certainly stages where he was looked at as a higher prospect than that. But because of the the journey that he took to get there, if he does now have one year, learn some lessons, first full off season with an NBA franchise, and then makes a leap or looks like he's ready to make a, a leap, that might uh, get you a little bit excited if you're a Bucks fan. Because I know there is going to be plenty of positivity about Bochamp and we're here for it all. Because again, the second half was was awesome. I was... I. I might have got a little bit too excited at the end of this summer summer league game, but I did put in now uh, DM that it was the most exciting 15 minutes of uh, Bucks summer league basketball in history. Now I know that Giannis played summer league and did some cool stuff, but we, we weren't really sure what we were seeing there at this point. So we had a number of guys, and one of the guys that did some cool stuff that had me out of my seat was Andre Jackson Jr. We can talk about him uh, coming up next after we talk about FanDuel Sportsbook, our sponsor of today's show. Uh, take your first swing at betting MLB on FanDuel and get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets up to 200 bucks. That's right. Just bet 20 bucks and you'll land $200 in bonus bets, whether you win or lose. That's 200. You can spend on betting everything from the money line to the over and under to who you think is going to be the first, who is going to hit the first home run all on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus when you win, you can get paid instantly as well. There's no better place to bet on MLB than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. And uh, you can also uh, have a little look at uh, Summer League as well. And the Bucks and the Suns are coming up. Uh, is this tomorrow? I think it's tomorrow. Bucks mm-hmm. and the Suns. Uh, Bucks minus 2.5. Let's run uh, it back, Kane. Oh, yeah. We love it. Weekend uh, back-to-back Summer Saturday League. Saturday night fever. Saturday night fever. And you know that I'm in preseason form, by the way, because I think I said all week the Bucks were playing the Nets today. So you can imagine my shock when I turned on the TV and they were playing the Denver Nuggets. But anyway, well, sign the, up today. And... <laughs> the, the word Nets is in the word Nuggets. So, I mean, you know, like. That is very true. And, apost- and apostrophe Nets. Nets. Nuggets. Nets. Same thing. 
FanDuel is going to be disappointed with this. Uh, head to FanDuel.com slash locked on to get 200 bucks in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. Uh, as we just mentioned, the Summer League continues to roll on. Bucks and the Suns coming up on Saturday nights. As far as I can see, that one looks like is it an 8, 9 p.m. Eastern time mm. tip-off. So it's a little Saturday night action. There's nothing better to do in Milwaukee, not Summerfest or anything like that, the final night of Summerfest. I'm sure everyone will be at home watching uh, the Bucks and the Suns. But we'll have it covered here, right here on Locked on Bucks. So make sure you stick with us. Uh, Andre Jackson Jr., the other player... Uh, one of the notable players that we were all looking forward to seeing tonight, pick 36 from the draft. And by the way, uh, they did make his signing official. The Bucks just announced that here in the last hour or so as we're recording this podcast. So I don't want to, I, I don't know how to describe this, but it felt like Andre Jackson Jr. was completely as advertised tonight. <laughs> there was some awesome moments of athleticism. And I know, and we say this a little bit tongue in cheek because you're talking about a, an MVP, but you know, if you looked at the highlights package, there was stuff that you're like, that looks like Russell Westbrook. And you did see a few of those moments tonight, particularly with a couple of just monster blocks that he had, particularly back-to-back blocks on Peyton Watson, who is actually a, a good player for the Nuggets, a two-way guy uh, with that organization as well. Uh, we saw a nice baseline off the dribble, two-hand dunk as well. So that's the massive positive. And if you're a Bucks fan, there hasn't been too many guys that are making those types of plays on the roster over the last sort of five or six years. So there was positive stuff to look at with Andre Jackson Jr. But then there was also the jump shot was as advertised and he was 0 for 4 from 3. Didn't really, didn't really outside of transition plays look like a guy that is going to be able to have a, a big impact from, from scoring the ball or, or certainly shooting the basketball. So a mixed bag for Andre Jackson Jr. But... I don't think that we came into Summer League expecting him to score a whole bunch of points, but we did come in hoping that there'd be some highlight dunks and maybe some athletic plays that would be enough to get you excited. Yeah, and, you know, uh, he's... he's. Uh, I don't know what, what we need to kind of hopefully finalize on, like, the preferred nickname for Andre Jackson. I've just been using shorthand AJJ, although I don't want to say AJJ. I've, I've seen Ajax. Hmm. Um which when I see Ajax, I always think Ajax, the Dutch mm-hmm. soccer team, which it's definitely not going to be Ajax uh, for his nickname. Um, Andre 3000, we've heard, right, uh, for the, the outcast singer. Um, so there's a lot of different a lot of different options that we can go with. But yeah, all action Jackson maybe might, might be another option because it nice. seems like he's kind of all action. Um, he definitely just does stuff. Yes, court. he does. Um, and I thought, like the Peyton, by the way, Peyton Watson, he, he has a four-year, twelve million dollars contract. Kane, he's not, he's no two-way guy. Um, Was last year. He's, he's, he's a, he's a legit, you know, player. They're expecting him, you know, to, to kind of fill in and, and be maybe a rotation guy in Denver. And he, twenty-three points, stand twelve shots. Like, you can kind of see, see why. Um, but yeah, I mean, like the, the, the start of that kind of block sequence. You know, Watson like kind of blew by Andre Jackson, and then he recovers and, and gets the block. Um, you know, eight fouls for, for Andre today. Um, you know, Marjon had six, so definitely making use of that uh, liberal foul uh, allotment in uh, hmm. in Vegas. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I I'm, I, I want to kind of take the full Andre Jackson experience in um, before I kind of make any kind of big sweeping generalizations of, of what he's going to be. 
Um, you know, can you play a guy that, that doesn't shoot with, with Giannis? I, I don't know. Right. I mean, I think it's obviously going to be hard. Um, but you know, again, as a, as a rookie second rounder, probably weren't looking to anybody in that spot to be coming in and, and playing a bunch of minutes, um, you know, in crunch time or something like that. So, so we'll see. Right. I mean, it, it's funny. I mean, the only guy that like plays like him that has played for the bucks is the Nassis, but I feel like he's more of the like fully realized version of what the Nassis sort of has wanted to be. Uh, although with eight fouls today um, that, that maybe rings true of, of what the Nassis has been in terms of just getting uh you know, called for, for lots of fouls, but, you know, just a guy that isn't going to shoot, but, you know, is eager to kind of bring the ball up, run dribble handoffs um, and, uh, and make plays. I think, again, he's got, you know, definitely better passing instincts certainly than, than Asis, but, um, but a couple uh, of last passes. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I thought the hit ahead to, to Marjon mm-hmm. on that, that outlet, that was kind of a, a good example, but I mean, that that's the thing that he, you know, that's in his package. Right. So we'll see uh, if you want to play high octane, you know, transition basketball, you kind of have to do that with him because of the limitations. And, you know, it's not just that he, cause it's not just that he doesn't shoot, but I mean, I mean, his scoring rate is one of the lowest you're going to find for a guy picked as high as he was. Right. I mean, he scored six points a game, right. It, he's super athletic, really good in transition. Um, if you only score six points a game, that, that means, you know, you're, you're not doing a bunch of other, <laughs> a bunch of other stuff either. Um, and you're not really good free throw shooter. So I, just looking at a shot, I mean, again, like I, I'm gonna. I'm not gonna sit here and tell you like I'm banking on that shot coming around um, anytime soon. So I think the question is like, you know, how do you use him and weaponize the things that he can do um, to to kind of overcome that? And and again, you know, if Giannis is on the bench at some point in the next couple of years when when he's you know hopefully showing what he can do in terms of doing other stuff, then you know maybe that's where you start to to kind of get him some minutes. But um, but yeah, again, I mean, I think. You sort of as advertised, and I think physically the the tools are there um, to you know. I think again, sometimes like like I thought Marjan, I was expecting him to look more athletic last year with Andre Jackson. Like he looked as athletic as hmm. you know we kind of were expecting yes. him to look, which which is uh, which is definitely encouraging. Yeah, and uh, with uh, Jackson Jr. as well, it's kind of interesting, and because it's probably just something that's going to happen in summer league, because we're not really sure what his role would even look like during the regular season, but yeah, he he did, as uh, you just mentioned, and as we probably expected, looked best when he was getting the rebound, and like, alright, that, that's that's pushing in the half court, he made some nice passes, you already mentioned the one to Bochamp there, so there was enough there to uh, at least be excited about Jackson Jr., while also uh, seeing some of the things that we probably expected. A couple of other guys I wanted to, uh, and by the way, Peyton Watson, if you're listening, Frank tried to correct me, and I just went over the top again. I was—I don't know why I thought he was a two-way guy, but you're right—he wasn't. No disrespect, Peyton. He—he uh, he barely played at UCLA as a freshman. It's—it's it's a really weird situation. He played 400 minutes in college because he like couldn't get off the bench at UCLA. He was a highly touted prospect. Then he comes to the NBA, gets drafted in the second round, and only played 200 minutes last year. So he's kind of a, a funky prospect. But I mean. Again, you saw you saw some of the promise today in terms of what what he's doing. But again, enough Peyton Watson talk. Who cares? Who cares about Peyton Watson? No, I just if he was listening, I did uh, just wanted to correct. <laughs> I wanted to, we're accountable here on Locked On Bucks. I wanted to correct myself there, and I thought he had a decent night, other than just getting stuffed twice in a row in embarrassing fashion by our man Andre Jackson Jr. But uh, you know, if he had a third attempt, he might have Shit. been able to throw it down. Shades of uh, shades of Giannis as a rookie uh, yes. against the Sixers. 
um, blocking two shots incredibly. Um, I think those were both on tra in transition. They were like kind of incredible recovery plays, but uh, I don't know how many Giannis Andre Jackson comparisons are going to be making, but uh, that's at least one. Well, we will wait and see. All right. A couple of guys we want to get to still uh, Mannion Gortman. Uh, we'll, we'll chat about some of those players next and any other takeaways from the summer league opener. We'll get to that next. So, particularly to start this game, and I don't even mean this in, in a bad way, Frank, but you know, we spoke about Marjan Bochamp, and he was sort of playing off the ball and kind of just floating around. And a big reason for that was because Nico Mannion was really the only guy that looked like he was able to, to function in the half-court offense, get his own shot, got downhill on repeat, and in the end, had a pretty nice night. 16 points, 4 rebounds, 3 assists, a couple of steals there. 7 for 14 from the field. He did not shoot well uh, from the three-point line, but he's interesting. He's a guy that you may have seen with the Warriors organization a little bit, and I actually do believe the Warriors still have his rights, which is like so strange to me. I think they extended a qualifying offer, a two-way uh, qualifying offer, but it, it's strange to me, Frank, why that happens, and then he doesn't play for the Warriors. <laughs> like, like, how does that? I don't know. There's some strange rules out there, but just basically for anyone getting too excited uh, about what you may have seen there anyway, it, the Warriors, at least as far as I could read, still uh, retain his rights, Frank. And I don't know why he's playing for the Bucks. Yeah, I mean, this is one of these weird things about like constructing summer league rosters because especially you know at the point guard position, like you kind of you really want to have like an adult in the room who can kind of run an offense and you know like be competent because if you don't have that, like it makes everybody else's job a lot harder. So I think that's why we saw him starting this game, even though, you know, you have Omari Moore, who's on a two-way, and Jay-Z and Gortman, who we thought might have been on a two-way, but Piercy's not on a two-way, and I thought he was an Exhibit 10 guy. It sounds like he doesn't even have an Exhibit 10 at this point, which is basically a, you know, a camp contract that can be converted to a two-way and has some guaranteed money associated with it. So um, we'll talk about him in, in a moment, but, um, but yeah, I mean, it's like kind of these things like, you know, more plays eight minutes Gortman plays 12 minutes it's like I'm a lot more interested in those guys than I am in seeing what Nico Mannion can do um because again I mean he's you know he's played in Europe the last couple of years Italian national team ginger on the Italian national team Dante DiVincenzo like you know he's, he's got to be recruiting Dante to be be the next guy up there to uh to join the Italian national team um from from uh you know here the the United States but uh but yeah I, I mean he pretty well you know i mean i, yeah. I didn't he, he's kind of weird i i remember seeing him in arizona he always struck me as kind of like small but i mean he's six three he had that pretty impressive like driving dunk in, oh, yeah. in the half court which i didn't really think he had in him um so i i don't know i mean it, you know it's sort of this thing was like do i really want to see a lot of nico Mannion like for the buck summer league team like not really you know <laughs> not really that interested in him because he's not going to be um you know a guy that obviously is going to be a part of this team in the regular season um so I'm I'm hopeful that we'll see more of Gortman and and Omari Moore uh, as as summer league rolls on. But again, the flip side is like if those you know they're, they're both you know rookies. Um, Mannion is certainly much more experienced as a pro, so there may be some compromises in terms of uh, how the offense runs. So uh, so we'll see. But uh, yeah, Nico Mannion um, trying to I guess trying to be the adult in the room. Um, but I don't know, man. Kane, I want to see the kids. I want to see those kids play Me too. 
Yeah, we didn't see a lot, uh, and you'll notice we're probably not going to talk a lot about Chris Livingston tonight. He kind of just was out there. I, I didn't see uh, too much worth discussing tonight, but let us know what you thought, if you saw anything that you I liked mean, from Chris Livingston. I, I mean, I think this is kind of like the thing we don't – like, what is Chris Livingston, right? I mean, he's right. like 6'7", he's got an NBA body. Like, he's his, his, his athletic testing like looks like he's a, a pretty good athlete, but – like, what's his deal? I mean, I kind of joked on Twitter, like, you know, I don't, I don't know exactly what really what his sort of you know, differentiated skill is, but I don't know that there's anything he's like bad at, either. <laughs> like, I, you know, and he's still very young and he's got this great pedigree, but as we talked about on draft night, you know, reading some of the scouting reports, you know, he's kind of a guy that like matured early and like, kind of like beat up on people in high school. And, uh, you know, I think the question is like, can he like can can his overall game kind of catch up? Does he have a skill like I think he was a thirty percent three point shooter in college last year? I mean, to me, that's the, the swing skill for him, right? Like, I don't think he's a guy that's ever going to be like a dynamic one on one guy necessarily. But um, you know, I think you you know all indications like from the interviews we've seen. I mean, he seems like a hard worker. You know, I think Sam Bassini in his in his uh, write up called him a grinder. So you know, at least. He, He's not a guy, even with his five-star recruit pedigree, that is necessarily like resting on his laurels. Like I think he probably realizes, like he's got to, you know, be a dirty work guy. He's got to be a defensive guy if he's going to have a future as a professional. And you know, hopefully, he's another, you know, high, highly touted Kentucky recruit that Coach Cal just sort of doesn't use properly and ends up becoming, uh, you know, a very good pro. But, um, but yeah, we'll see. I mean, seven points on four shots, almost six rebounds today. I mean, you know, like. He started, right? It seems like the Bucks. Obviously, they're you know I think expectation is they're going to give him an NBA contract, um, and uh, so they they obviously see something in him. And so hopefully we'll see a little bit more of that here in Vegas. But certainly for you know a 19 year old kid, NBA body already, and uh, we talk about like you know big wings and you know Marjan in that regard. Certainly Livingston is is uh, is 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 an even bigger a bigger boy than than Marjan is at this point. Maybe not the same type of athlete, but certainly physically he's he's definitely brings some tools. All right. Last point for me from the summer league opener, Taco Fall. Uh, we don't, uh, I don't think he needs to start the, the next game. I, I, and, and the one thing I will say of it, because I don't really like, you know, it's this guy is, I was watching him get it up and down the floor. And for a guy that is as big as Taco Fall is like, he's an incredible athlete, but he's too yeah. big. And, and can't it's just, catch a basketball. Like, yeah. I mean, and, and it's, sometimes it wasn't his fault. Some of the passes were coming around his knees and it's like, what do you want this big guy to do in traffic? So it wasn't all his fault, but it just didn't work out. And um, particularly if you look at the way, and you already mentioned some of the fouls with the Bucks defense, but they were playing aggressive defense. And then what's Taco Fall supposed to do? He, he can't be out there on the perimeter. It's just not going to work. But he played 16 minutes and was minus 17 there. Uh, got to the free throw line a little bit, but uh, did not score. So yeah, I'm curious to see whether he continues to have a, a role on this team or maybe they'll go to... Uh, some of the other players, uh, maybe Drew Timmy, who seemed like uh, Timmy had some uh, fans in the crowd by the sounds of it. He's like, I don't, you know, I don't watch like a whole lot of college basketball, but he was like somewhat of a, a cult figure, wasn't he? I think so. I mean, anytime you have a, a white guy with, you know, creative <laughs> facial hair um, who wears a headband and scores a ton of points, I mean, he's, you know, an all American caliber player, right? right. You're always going to get a little bit of that cult status. And that, I was kind of curious. I mean, I, I had no idea really what to make of him. I was like, I mean, it wouldn't have shocked me if he had like started as like an undersized center in this game. 
it's clearly yeah. a lot better than I mean, he's clearly more skilled than Taco Fall, right? Um, but I mean, he does have an Exhibit Ten, so the Bucks saw enough in him to give him some money, um, even if there's no you know guarantee of a two-way or anything sort of at the end of this. So um, you know, it's kind of ironic, right? Like we tried to read into the the you know Andre Jackson pick is like, oh, you know, this is a totally different type of mindset in terms of or, you know, Adrian Griffin. Now he wants athletes and blah, blah, blah. And then it's like, they give, you know, a, a, a 10, 10, uh, an exhibit 10 to Drew Timmy, who's like sort of the anti um, Andre Jackson, as far as, you know, college, I mean, both super successful college players, but, you know, certainly not because of athleticism um, for, for Timmy's sake. But, uh, but yeah, it's, it was kind of funny. I mean, like I, I almost didn't even realize until the game was over, but just, you know, Wigginton didn't play, uh, Hugo Basson, who was hurt during the regular season or to kind of finish the season with a hip injury in France, he didn't play. I mean, I, I saw those guys, you know, were in in the practices. I don't know how much Hugo Basson can even play right now. Um, and then I think, you know, AJ Green, I think we heard had some kind of knock or something, but it's almost like, I, I almost don't even really need to see those guys. Like, I, like, and, you know, I know AJ Green can shoot. I didn't think he was even that impressive in Vegas last year which is part of why we, <laughs> we were so skeptical of him. Um, but I almost don't even really need to see AJ Green in Vegas. Like, I don't feel like I'm going to see him develop some kind of dynamic, you know, off the dribble game or something like that. Um, and Wigginton, like, I mean, we've seen a lot of, of Lindell over the past few years, even, you know, for the Bucks. So, I, yeah, I'm looking ahead. I mean, I, I agree. Let's see zero taco fall. Just play small. We saw some zone. We saw some switching, things like that from Adrian Griffin. Obviously, we expect more creativity and things like that. How much, you know, what they do in summer league reflects that, like, eh, you know, we'll, we'll see, but, um, but yeah, we don't need to see any more taco fall, whatever. Let's just play weird. Um, let's get funky with it. Let's see the guys that you actually, you know, I think want to see play, play basketball. Um, and uh, I thought, yeah, I mean, for me, more and, and Gortman Gortman, I thought like, you know, Gortman had a really nice game, I think he kind of gave them a shot in the arm early. Seems to have a pretty nice little off the dribble game. Has some burst, um, and certainly as a as an overtime elite guy, he's kind of a mystery box type of player. Seems to be a you know very athletic guy. Um, but uh, but we'll see. And again, like so far, it doesn't seem like he even has an exhibit ten. But um, you know, there was some thought that he had a had a two way. But based on everything I'm kind of poking around, doesn't sound like he's got a two way or even an exhibit ten yet. Um, but obviously they, they wanted to see what he can do. He played more than Omari Moore, who, who's, who does have a two way with the bucks right now. So Gortman's an interesting candidate and obviously Kane, any, anybody that plays point guard or vaguely looks like a point guard is very interesting because the bucks have none of those right now. So, um, so yeah, hopefully we'll continue to see Gortman and, and more get more, uh, more playing time here as, as, uh, as Vegas kind of continues on. Uh, just quickly, while we're mentioning players, uh, don't need to go into it too much, but Tyler Cook as well. He's only 6'8", but if they wanted to go small, he actually had four offensive rebounds, was plus 24 in 24 minutes, and was on the floor and came up with some big plays, a big offensive rebound off a missed free throw and, and put back. So I thought he was pretty good as well. He's a little bit older. He's 26, so I was just looking it up there. And uh, Did he play for the Bulls last year? Am I making that up? I thought I, I remember. I don't know. I, I, thought, um, I thought he, uh, he played... Um, I thought when the Bulls were like super banged up that mm. um yeah, he played for the Bulls last or in 21-22, okay. Um yeah. yeah, I thought I remember him getting thrown in and having to defend Giannis at, at some point, which <laughs> is like hey. 
Thanks for thanks for showing up. Here's your NBA contract. Now go defend Giannis Adetokounmpo. Good luck. Uh, and uh, the AJ Green injury, I think uh, he might have tweaked his back carrying his money bags uh, to his house <laughs> because they made that deal official today as well. So shout out to AJ Green. All right. Summer League rolls on tomorrow, Saturday night in the US, depending on when you're listening to this podcast. Bucks and Suns. A rematch of the 2021 NBA Finals. We can't wait for that. Uh, keep it locked on, locked on, Bucks. <laughs> and we'll have everything that happens from this game and hopefully some more positive things to discuss. So thanks for joining us today. Hopefully you enjoyed some Bucks basketball back on the TV and we'll speak to you guys next time.